there. This, this is what dream. Oh. Dirty, dirty, and dying. Hey there. Hey there. <laughs> this I'm is dirty, dirty, dirty and dying. dying. We've got chronic illness. We've got trauma to discuss. And we're gonna talk about nostalgia. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. That was that, a thing. We're sorry. I'm not sorry. Any, welcome back to the show. This is Thirty Dirty and Dying. In case you missed that bitchin' intro, <laughs> that should just be our intro from now on. Hey Puts now, <laughs> I'm Clarissa. I'm Courtney, and we said it. We're chronically ill. We're millennials. We're sick. We're sad, and we're here to talk about all the things that we're dealing with. I was be like, period. We're talking about all the things. All the things. We got millennial chaos. We got nostalgia. We got it all. And we're talking about it with you. And today we're doing a real talk. Ooh, yeah. Because it's been a while. It has been a while. <laughs> been a while. We're going to talk about our real talk subject for the day is addiction. Addiction. Because. I'm, a dick. I'm addicted to you. Okay. Da, 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 I thought you were going to do the Saving Able song. Da, 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 da. I'm so addicted to. I'm so addicted to all the things you do when you're going down on me. In between the sheets, all the sounds you make. That's not what we're talking about, though. No, we're talking not. about actual addiction. Okay, so we've talked about before in some of our mental health episodes and some of our, like, trauma-y episodes um, that, you know, we both have experience with addiction. We have parents who were addicts, mm-hmm. and uh, that affects your life and how you grow up. And when you get to this age especially, it's like you're established in your life a little bit, you're doing your thing, and I feel like your perception changes of addiction through that whole journey. Yeah. Like growing up with addict parents, you know, growing up being in like a teenager, early 20s, experimenting, whatever, and then getting to a more like, I don't know, I hate to say stable, but you know, like you're you're trying to build your life yeah. a little bit. You're trying to settle into your life and figure out what you want, what you don't want. And sometimes you take stock of what you've been through thus far. And addiction is one of those things. Yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So we're going to get real and uh, we're sober. Okay, well, All right. we're going to get real. We're going to talk about addiction, just how we feel about it, things we've dealt with, etc. how growing up in a certain kind of household shapes your views. Yeah. And it's going to be a lot to unpack. It's going to get serious. We are, of course, going to cope with dark humor, so please don't be offended. That's just how we deal with our It's how trauma. we deal, so we might make some jokey jokes, but we come from a place of just trying to get through it. Yep. So that's what we're going to do. But first, we got to go back in time. Back in time. All right. Oh, three. Oh, three. 2003. I was nine ish. I was 12. Okay, yeah. 11, 12. Yeah, so I was like eight, nine, nine, ten, some, I was nine. Something like that. Eminem won an Oscar. I love Eminem. I do too. You know, he's great. It was for Eight Mile. The song "Lose Yourself," the original song for the f- the feature film, uh, he wasn't there to accept his Oscar. I mean, I don't imagine him to be. I feel like that's a statement in itself. He doesn't go to the Grammys. Like he stopped going to the Grammys really early too. He like I don't, I don't know if it's a, like a legit protest, but he really has issues with the award shows and how they're set up. But man, I love Eight Mile. I need to watch it. You've never seen Eight Mile? No. Courtney, what the fuck? You've never seen Eight Mile? No. You're always surprised I'm- that I don't see movies. I feel betrayed because like the amount of times that we've done the Lose Yourself song. Yeah, I know all the words. I've listened to the song. I I can know songs without knowing movies. 
I know, but that song really was a big part of that song was because of the movie. Yeah, I know. I just never watched it. Okay, you know what we're going to do this season? I'm making a decision right now. We're reliving a millennial movie, and it's going to be 8 Mile. But what about Ghost Ship? We can do that too. Okay. No one can tell us what to do. This is our podcast. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now <laughs> that we're doing 8 Mile. Okay. that's a travesty that you haven't seen 8 Mile. Brittany Murphy's in it. R.I.P. Okay. We got to watch 8 Mile. Okay. Well, anyways. There's not a reason. I just haven't watched it. It's not like I don't want to. Well, I just, you're gonna. Good. Because you're gonna watch whenever, it. Whenever I'm like home and I'm like, I'm gonna watch something. It's never new. I, I watch what I've always watched. I mean, that's fair, but. I don't, I don't stray. Although I did just watch the new season. I guess it is a stray. Uh, Cruel Summer. Oh, no, I didn't watch that. Because I watched the first one and I hated it. The first one was, uh, this one was better. Is it? This well, one was better. Clear. I, because the first, I agree. The first, like, I see what they were trying to do. But the execution the, was wasn't, horrible. Yes. Watch the new season. All right, I might. Because I'm just like, I'm gonna, because I, I felt, I felt what you felt. Yeah. Um, But then I'm just like, you know what? I'll go ahead, like, I'll go ahead and watch it. Yeah. 2003, what else is <laughs> oh, going yeah, on Oh, yeah, shit. Here? So American Idol. Ruben stuttered. Okay. One, he beat Clay Aiken. You remember that mashup? Um, I never really watched it, to be honest. Well, I remember it. Everybody was so shocked when Ruben stuttered one, but like he was the better singer. But really the only one I know is Kelly Clarkson. Let's be honest. Kelly Clarkson. I know some of them that didn't. Well, Carrie Underwood, you know, oh. she won that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought she was just a country singer. I still remember Sanjaya. I don't know who that is. He had this wild hair. He didn't win, but he was he went to like midway. But the soup, you remember the soup with Joel McHale, the show? Yeah. Okay. I never watched it, but I know it's not. So about. they would show clips of, of American Idol, especially mm-hmm. of Sanjaya, and they had their own intro for him, and it went, Sanjaya. Because <laughs> he was so weird. And I, that's what I remember about Sanjaya. Well, what I remember is, she banged, she, she banged. Oh, home. baby, well, she moved, she moved. That one. She banged, she banged. He was wonderful. Yeah. But he well, won our hearts. Yeah, of course. And that's all that matters. That's really. all that matters. Speaking um, of music. Okay. Get Rich or Die Tryin' became the biggest selling album of the year. 50 Cent? Oh. Yeah, it had, you know, In the Club. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His- um, Toyota overtakes Chrysler <laughs> to get number three slot in the U.S. car sales. Yikes. That's crazy. Guess who the spokespeople were for Gap? Who? Madonna and Missy Elliott. That's interesting. What a team. What a combination. Whoa. Put that thing down, flip it, and reverse it. I'm talking about Yep. I would have gone to the Gap. <laughs> that was the commercial. Damn. Um, uh, average cost of a new house, $246,000. Um, average median income, $45,000. Um, and the cost of a gallon of gas, $1.83. Whoa. Carson Daly announced that he was going to leave TRL. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton divorced. That's a bummer. They wore each other's blood. They had vials with each other's blood and they wore it around their necks. Ooh, I hate that. And they tongued each other like at award ew. shows. They were very passionately in love or you know, something. Ew. It's like um uh Machine Gun Kelly and what's Megan Fox. Yeah, except yeah. for they were broken up, right? I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I stopped following like about a year ago. I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, they're just weird together. And now I have no idea. Yeah, they- I'm pretty sure that they had the same vibes. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they got real. Yeah. Uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King came out. The film. Oh. Not the book. Obviously. Finding, Finding Nemo. Oh. Nemo, show me how to see. I've never watched Finding Nemo all the way through. What? 
I've told you this a hundred times. I've not watched it. Bruce Almighty. Okay. Geely came out. Geely was a movie with uh, Benifer, Ben Affleck, and Jennifer Lopez when they were together the first time. It was, it's been lauded as perhaps the worst movie ever made. Oh, shit. Uh, and it bombed in the box office. And a month after that happened, they announced that they were postponing their wedding. Mm-hmm. So you could say that Geely ruined their marriage the first time. And that's why we didn't get a marriage for them in the early 2000s. Dang. What a life. Yeah. And now they're together. They're still together, right? Yeah, I think so. All right. Uh, Lance Armstrong wins his fifth Tour de France. Now, was this before or after we knew he was a cheater? Wait, Lance Armstrong's the one that only has one ball, right? Yes, but he they found out he did performance-enhancing drugs, and that's how he won all those Tour de France. Oh, I don't know. Well. I didn't know that happened. What about the Live Strong bracelets? They they became wildly unpopular after we figured out he was a big fat cheater. Oh. Um, let's see. Tell me when you're ready for tornadoes, because um, I got the tornado facts. All right, well, before we do that, do you want to know some, some other songs that came out? Yes, please tell or, me. Actually, let's do some movies. Okay. Because these were some good ones. Because I already told you two. Yeah, we got some more though. Okay. Old School. Never seen it. Wow. How to Lose Guy in 10 Days. Never seen it. Oh my God, Courtney. Freaky Friday. Yeah, I've seen that. With Jamie Lee Curtis yes, and Lindsay Lohan. Yes, of course, of course. They they're going to reboot it. That would be cool. I hope they do. Legally Blonde 2. Kangaroo Jack. Jack me up. The Lizzie McGuire movie. Duh. We started off the episode. It all makes sense. It was meant to happen. So why don't you give me some tornado facts and we'll swirl into the rest of the show. Okay. So a major severe weather outbreak spawned more tornadoes than any week in U.S. history. Whoa. 393 tornadoes were reported in 19 states. That's almost 400. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. You're listening to 30 Dirty and Dying, the show where two sick, sad millennials, who just happen to be best friends, talk through life on this side of 30. Find us on social media at 30dirtyanddying to join the conversation. Now back to the show. So like we said, today we're doing a real talk. We're talking about addiction, how that's influenced our lives, our thoughts, our feelings, etc. So I guess to start, for people who don't know or who haven't listened to some of these past episodes where we've talked about this stuff, mm-hmm. what's our experience been like Like as children? What's our background with encountering people with addiction? Uh, both of my parents were alcoholics. Okay. So that's my experience. Okay. Um, I don't remember my childhood. So traumatic. Um, that and I think my, my sister protected me from a lot of stuff. Okay. So, so like some shielding. Yeah. Okay. Um, my mom died, which we should all know by now. From alcoholism. From alcoholism, yeah. Her liver failure and she wasn't, like, when, when you were an out, al- if, from my understanding of doctors and, you know, medical. What they said, that, yeah. Well, not specifically for her, but just, like, my general knowledge and, like, Grey's Anatomy. Um, <laughs> okay. So, in order to be eligible for a liver, um. Transplant. Transplant. You have to have not consumed any alcohol for, I think, six months or more. Or, like, you have to be sober for a certain amount of time before they'd... Because otherwise, you're just going to fucking ruin it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. like, what's the point of giving you a healthy liver when you're... Um, and mom, obviously... Was not. Was not. So, now she, that's when she was not eligible to, for that. When they're, like, using off the transplant registry and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
So I think people can, if you're going to privately get a liver. I think you can do that. Yeah, I'm sh- maybe. I, I really don't know. I've, I've never known anyone to talk. Yeah. I mean, I watch other things. But I mean, I'm pretty sure just kind of based off of what happened with mom. Like, yeah. It was because she was not sober and could not receive a, a new liver for literally no reason. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, yeah. My, I mean, my I, my dad is, a, is an addict. He's an alcoholic and um, has been my whole life. He's gone through stretches of being sober. Mm-hmm. Like he's one of those, he's very functional alcoholic. Like he always had a job. He always did like, you know. That's, that's how my dad was. Exactly. So it wasn't like the, you know, and he's still alive. So it wasn't like he, you know, became completely consumed with that in terms of like to the outside world. Right. You know what I mean? Like if you thought of like an addict or an alcoholic and you saw my dad doing his day-to-day stuff, you, you wouldn't, wouldn't really think. think. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was, and it, it continues to be, at least to my knowledge. But he's never, like, gotten help. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he's gone through periods where he's been sober, and he's somebody who can go cold turkey and be stone cold sober for six months at a, at a time, a couple years at a time, even, I've seen him do. But it never sticks. Last. Yeah, because he's not actually getting help. He's just, like, white-knuckling it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's been kind of a lifelong thing. Yeah. Um, and there are other things, you know, with my dad that make our relationship what it is. Uh, but... It has had a big impact, like growing up with someone who's like that. It does have a big impact. Yeah. I mean, I don't, because I don't remember, like we lived with mom up until like I was in like middle school. Okay. So like, I don't remember most of that. Right. Um, I remember some things. I I don't remember, I don't really remember, remember her being drunk. Really? Not specifically. Like I remember kind of situations that we were put in. Yeah. But I don't remember a, a lot of, like, how she acted. Okay. I do remember when I would, like, talk to her on the phone um, after, like, I was living with grandma and stuff like that. Yeah. That I could tell mm-hmm. when she was drunk or when she was sober based on, like, how she talked to me. Right. And that's something, I think, you know, you and I have talked about this off, off the air or whatever you learn a lot of that stuff you Mm -hmm. learn those cues like I I know that too like if my dad calls me and leaves me a message and he's drunk I know it yeah whereas if he's not or if he's not intoxicated but there's something else going on Uh like I can tell all of those things because I think as a kid when you're dealing with someone who's like this you feel you learn to become so perceptive yeah of their behavior and kind of tells about what they're dealing with because no one's ever a front with you when no. you're a kid about this kind of stuff. No, of course not. But you know that something's going on and you have to like protect yourself. Mm-hmm. So you learn so many things and you get this knowledge about like your parents and, and their cues so that you can navigate just like everyday life. Yeah. And that's something that I know that I've done. I know you said you've done. So it's like, did you, did you find that you, like, when did you realize that you had to do that? Like whether it was with your dad or your mom or Um, both? it was mainly dad. Cause you lived with him. Cause I lived older. with whenever, like, as, as I said, um, like my sister protected me a lot from when, like we lived with mom when I was a lot younger. Right. Um, when we lived with dad, I was more capable of kind of taking care of myself. Cause I was yeah. old enough. Like, I could get ready for school by myself. I could like, cause I was, you know, I was in middle school. Like yeah, I was, you were a little bit more I could wash myself. Like I could make myself food. Like it yeah. wasn't like, I didn't have to be taken care of the same way. Yeah. So I saw, I remember because I was dealing with it personally yeah. more than like being shielded from it or just being a child that was trying to forget everything. Yeah. So with dad, like my friends always just thought he was funny. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for the mind. Mortified. Yeah, I'm just like, I can't believe he's I fucking doing so this. so many memories like that. And it's like, I, I, the best way I can describe it is like when that's happening, it's because you know, like, they're out of control. Yes. And suddenly, and now there are people watching mm-hmm. and people can see it and you don't know what to do because you're a kid. Yeah. And you don't know... Like, do I play along with this? Do I think it's funny? But it's hard to do that because... Like, I I need to step up and take care of it. Yeah, because no one else is fucking going mm-hmm. to. Or, like, I had a situation where, like, you know, only one of my parents was an actor. My parents were together. They were married most of the time I was growing up. So my mom handled stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I had to necessarily take care of my dad. But it's still, it's like, you know that there's so much more that comes with this behavior, right? It's not, it wasn't just oh, my dad's doing something crazy and people see it and I'm embarrassed. Yeah, that's part of it. Mm -hmm. But it's also like, mom's going to handle this, but mom's furious. Right. And at some point we have to wake up the next morning and we have to deal with this. Yeah. And we have to, and they're going to fight and he's going to this and she's going to that. And you become so aware of like what comes next that you're like trying so hard to, I don't know. Like I wasn't necessarily trying to take care of it, Uh but I was trying to like, bulletproof up for what I knew was coming like right. the after effects because it doesn't it's not just about like those moments it's everything else I've said this before and a lot of people don't get what I mean when I say this I think some of the worst memories of my dad quote-unquote being an alcoholic were when he was not drinking okay as when he wasn't drunk I mean yeah I have those memories where he's drunk and he's acting crazy and it's it's traumatic it's upsetting whatever but because alcohol and, and other substances were such a big part of his life and they kept him, they, they're they like, I don't even know how to explain it other than like, he couldn't, even though he was a functional alcoholic, it's like he couldn't function, he couldn't deal with real life without them. Like right. self-medicating. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when he would go on these stretches where he was sober, he was, you know, he was mean, he was, he couldn't handle stuff. So right. he was very hard to deal with on a day-to-day basis. And I would dread being around him. I would dread the household. So it was like, I didn't want him to be wasted. Right. You know? But you also would have preferred him to be. It's like, if those are my options. Yeah. You know? And that's, you know that they're not good options. No. As a kid. But it's like, they're both so bad. Like, my worst memories of him long term are when he was not drunk and not drinking. Because he was so hard to deal with. Because he was still fully in addiction. His behavior was heavily affected. So, like, in your situation... Because you had, you know, both parents. Mm -hmm. When did you kind of realize that, like, this wasn't normal? Like, their behavior, their relationships with alcohol wasn't normal. Like, it wasn't something everybody else dealt with. Well, I mean, it's pretty young. Yeah. Just, I mean, whenever, like, I would go to friends' houses or, like, just because I, Grandma took a good Uncle Doug and Aunt Mary Jo, like, you had I, we had members. we had family members that were not. Yes. So it was very obvious that yes. it was not okay. Yeah, you saw the contrast. Yeah. Apparently it isn't normal to just drink all of it and be super fucked up. Right. And it's not about that stuff, that that liquid. He's the problem. <laughs> I think my dad's the problem. Right. I never remember seeing my mom drink. Really? No. That's crazy. I, I remember there were a couple times when like mom wasn't home that like grandma would like try and find it and throw it out. Yeah. So like, that's why I remember the specific alcohol that mom drank, but I never saw her drink it. Wow. Now dad, he drank beer. Oh. So like, 
I saw him drink beers. Yeah. That was, I don't, like, he wasn't a mixed drink guy. He yeah. was a beer guy. So, like, that's what I remember with dad. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I do not remember mom ever drinking. That's crazy. See, I remember dad drinking. I remember it, like, like. I remember, I remember her, like, I just, I don't, I just don't. That's wild, though. Yeah. I mean, but, but, like, at a certain point when you had more, like, memory, mm-hmm. you know, you were committing more to memory. Yeah. Uh, you weren't staying with her 24 so you weren't staying right. with her full time right mm-hmm. so like I was in the house with my dad full time so like I saw it I remember he drank and by I remember especially those years like my mom tried everything she tried to like bargain with him like okay if you can just Saturday nights get as fucked up as you want drink but she was like so do this every like other week or something and then and then that's it and then you get all your sillies out uh, and then she tried to be like, okay, no more hard liquor. And that dad was a liquor dude. He liked hard liquor. But you can have beer in the house. Because you might not drink that as terribly. And you might not get as... Dr- it didn't work. Of course not. She tried no nothing all the time. And, you know, it worked for a while. And then he'd... But he was an asshole. He'd go on a bender. You know, right. it just would happen. And she tried everything. And it just never worked. So, but I remember him... I remember him drinking a lot. In all kinds of different <laughs> ways. Um, so one thing I found that I thought it would be interesting to talk about. Okay. Because it was like the, how having an alcoholic parent can affect a child. And it's like a psychological thing. And I just thought it'd be interesting if we went through it as both children of alcoholics. Do you want me to tell you a traumatic story first? Sure. Let's tell some stories first and then we'll do that. Okay. Um, I feel I might, I've probably told this story on a different episode okay. before. Well, well, um, probably been a while. So it's probably, yeah, probably. So, um, I was at a friend's house and he was supposed to pick me up mm-hmm. and like he was late because he was also supposed to take two other friends home. So like he was supposed to pick us up, take them home, go home. Yeah. Um, he came a little, he was late. And then when I got into the car, there was a beer in the cup holder. In the cup holder. And like my friends, like again, my friends just thought he was being silly. Yeah. And I'm just like, the whole time I was just like, just let us get, if we have to get to an accident, let us get them dropped off first. Yeah. I was like 11. What are you going to do? I can't drive. Yeah. You just have to like hope for the best. Yeah. So like the whole time we're there, like they're laughing, they're like having a good time. He's joking. And I'm like, there's a fucking beer right here. Yeah. And uh, like I covered it up so they couldn't see. And then, um, so like we got, we dropped the, uh, you got them dropped off. We got them dropped off and I'm just like, okay, we're on our way home. Yeah. Like we did it. We did it. We got there. We didn't get there. You got in an accident. We got into it. He, it was a fender bender. Like it was a stoplight. His reaction time's off. Obviously he hit the car in front of us. Yeah. It wasn't a, it wasn't, didn't cause damage. Like he slowed down enough before like it hit that it wasn't that big of a deal. So pretty minor in the grand Pretty minor. I'm pretty sure from my memory, I was 11. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, so I made him pull over. Cause he was just going to keep driving. Yeah. So I'm just like, you need to pull over and you need to talk to the guy that you just hit. Yeah. So like he pulls over and I take the key out of the ignition and I take the keys and I'm like, you need to talk to him and like do whatever you need to do. Yeah. Cause I don't fucking know. I've never driven. So the, I remember the guy coming to like the passenger door, like, are you okay? I was like, I'm fine. And he was just like, um, I don't, I don't remember what happened after that, but I know we got home. Well, good. And so like he talked, they exchanged whatever. I don't fucking know. insurance, blah, blah, blah. If, if they're, I don't even know if he was insured. I don't fucking know. 
Um, so like I gave him his keys back. We drove off. Like I just, I remember him driving off with the door still open. Sick. So we get home and my sister's home and I'm like, why did you let him drive? Oh. And she was just like, he took a nap. But like we're. You're trying to deal with something you can't deal with. So like reality gets so fucked up. Yeah. I, I get that because like you, yeah, he took an episode. Like, he was probably fine. The most you can do is hope for the best right. and try to deal with the resources that you have that yeah. are basically non-existent. Yeah, and I don't think my sister drove yet. Like so I'm, there was no but, option. Because I think she was, when I was in middle school, she was in high school. By the time I got to high school, we were already living with grandma and she went to college. Okay. So like. I could be wrong. I know she started driving a little bit later than I did. So for whatever reason, for whatever she couldn't reason, do it. She couldn't do he it. He had to be the parent he had- and he couldn't do it. Correct. Yeah. No, I know. That's, it's one of those things that like, I can, I can see, like, I can see myself in situations where I can mirror like what I feel like your sister was doing. Like, well, but he did this. Like, you're trying to you're, get the benefit of the doubt. Right. You're trying to be like, this is our reality. Our caveats look different than everybody else's, but this right. is what has to work for us. Yeah. But like. I don't know what struck me the most about that story. And I feel like it's something that is a phenomenon with, with us alcoholic children. Yeah. Um, it's when you said that if something's going to happen, it, let's just let them get dropped off. It's like a, so if something happened to you, I don't care. You don't care. Right. Because you just don't, I want don't want my happen. friends to see it. Yeah. You don't want your friends to see it. You don't want him to hurt other people. Mm-hmm. But it's like when you're dealing with someone like that and you know, you're in this, this, environment of just complete like chaos and risk and it's like you lose all ability to like put yourself first or even anywhere on the spectrum like there's a selflessness that comes with it of like I don't matter I have to make sure that everybody else is good Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter what happens to me and I feel like that is something that I certainly dealt with I'm I still I still am dealing with it because, like, even, like, when I would, like, go to parties with friends, like, I became the mom. Yeah. Like, I didn't drink or I barely drank anything and I took care of everyone. Yeah. Because that's how I grew up. I had to be that way. Yeah. So I don't know any different. Like, I don't know how to just have a good time. Yeah. Without worrying about how is everybody else doing? Is everyone else having a good time? What do I need to handle? Handle. Yes. Recently, you know, like, I had a thing... I was in a situation where I was like, I was really struggling with figuring out what to do about something Mm -hmm. that really should have just been about me. Right. Should have just been about what I wanted to do or not wanted to do. But I'm like, and I'm talking to Justin about it, trying to, you know, talk it out. And I'm like, but if I do this, then it could affect this. And I should just be able to, I just need to take one for the team and do this so that this doesn't happen. And that he doesn't do this and she doesn't do this. And he's like, you're do you're putting your own like this should just be about you. You're mm-hmm. putting everybody and every other concern ahead of your own. And I'm not exactly like the most nurturing fucking bitch out there. <laughs> so and I'm I'm kind of selfish in some other ways. Like I'm not exactly like I just do everything for everybody else. Like that is not me. But I do kind of revert to a place of that of like I need to do damage control right. all the time. Mm-hmm. And I what I want or what's best for me or how this is going to affect me doesn't matter. Right. Fuck me. It's, I got to make sure this is okay. And I feel like it comes from all those years of being in that kind of household where there were all these concerns that just other kids maybe don't have to 
be concerned about. At least not to that level right. all the time. You know, I'm not saying that like it doesn't happen to other kids, but it's something that I think happens to a lot of kids of addicts because mm-hmm. the situation that you're in is so unstable that you're trying to stabilize it. Right. Even though you're a fucking child. And I think that's also why like I never, like I never drank either. Yeah. Cause I didn't want to lose control. I saw what, what happens. happens when you lose control. Like, and I, cause I, you know, assume that the alcohol is the problem. Yes. And because my parents, both of my parents were like that, obviously I'm also going to be like that. Yeah. So like, I can't, like, I would drink a little bit. I know. And you know. Yeah. We, you know, we, we were that I was the designated the driver. I was Always. the person that like, and to this day, like the first time I ever got like sh- drunk, I was 30. Yeah. Like it was recent. It yeah. was when I, the last time I went to Gatlinburg, uh, to Gatlinburg yeah. and I did all of the, and I think the reason why it was worse than it had been before. Cause I've, we've been to Gatlinburg before I did the moonshine tastings before and I got like tipsy. I was giggly, but like, I wouldn't say I was drunk. Cause like we were still like, we went to an aquarium and like we were still doing things yeah. and I was fine. Um, and I think the reason why it hit so hard this last time was the medicine that I'm on. Things change. Things change. I'm old, yeah. you know? So like I did the same amount of stuff that I did before, yeah. but I was like done. Yeah. And it, it was recent. Like yeah. I had never been like that before. Well, see, that's an interesting point too. How your relationship with alcohol slash substances is influenced by growing up with an mm-hmm. alcohol parent. Cause I know a lot of people who have that same thing of like it, the alcohol is the problem. Alcohol is like the devil. It can't, it's, it's because of this, you know, it's so bad. And there's a little bit of like fear of like, I can't do that. I can't possibly do that mm-hmm. because I'll do the same thing they right. did. And I, I know I have addict, addict, I have an addictive personality. Fair. Uh, boys. Yeah. Obviously. Came out in different ways. Right? Food. I don't fucking know. Like I, I get like hooked on to different things. Luckily it's not illegal substances. Yeah. Um, or legal substances that are not good for you like alcohol. Yeah. But I, I do have an addictive personality. So it's like you were extra cautious about like, especially younger. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that happens. Like I remember when I was a teenager or, you know, totally of age, 21 and over, totally. But when I was uh, growing uh-huh. up and experimenting right. with alcohol and stuff, there was a period where I was like, well, this is going to go one or two ways. <laughs> like I was very aware because it's it's not like my dad is a, is a one- you know, a lone ranger in this, like my, his whole family right. are addicts, like yeah, I mean, one way or the I, other. It, mom wasn't the only one. Yeah. There like, was a lot. One of my uncles was from my understanding, my grandma's dad. Right. So it runs. So like it runs in the family and it seems to have skipped generations. CRs didn't skip no generations at all. Everybody's drunk and wasted all the time. <laughs> we I don't get, mean to laugh. I'm sorry. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. It's a whole, like our blood alcohol level collectively <laughs> 500 <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Anyways, the point is like, I knew that there was a really good chance yeah. that I would struggle. I was also going through some, some problems, some mental health problems. And I certainly did self-medicate mm-hmm. with alcohol at a time in my, in my, you know, younger years. Luckily, I don't seem to have that addictive thing, but I, I don't know. There was a point it's it's at some stage in age that I figured out it wasn't the alcohol. I didn't think the alcohol was like 
bad and evil. And I remember my mom did. Like, she was very, like, alcohol is the worst. Like, she kind of had that. But she had a different perspective of dealing with it. Right. You know, she was kind of having that similar That was traumatic effect. for her. Yeah. Like, she's someone who was on the receiving end of an alcoholic partner. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole, just like there's a whole, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, complex that comes with being a child of an addict. I'm sure being a partner of one, oh, 100%. There's, there's one there too. I'm, there's so probably so much guilt. Like, I can't believe that, like, I allowed this yeah, to and, happen. Yeah, and the control thing. Like, right. if I can just get a handle on this, mm-hmm. I can fix it, you know? And I'm, I know she was trying to do that. But you can't. Yeah, but she thought for a while that it was the alcohol. Like, alcohol is the problem. Mm-hmm. And while alcohol is unhealthy and can certainly be bad, it's... Um, the problem is me. It's like saying that cars kill people because they can be unsafe. Do you know what I mean? Right. If you misuse it... It's a problem. Like, um, and you know, I didn't get, but I would say there was a time I was abusing it. Right. In my, in my younger years, but it wasn't a, an addiction thing. And I don't know, I guess I just got lucky. Um, as I've gotten older, my, the appeal of alcohol has definitely gone down. Yeah. I don't like to drink very much. Mm -hmm. Um, like I like to like Mike, Mike's not like a big drinker per se, but he likes to try new things. Yeah. So, like, when we, like, he likes to go try, like, the different seltzers that come out. And so do I. Like, yeah. I like to try those. There's a new Dunkin' Donuts one. Yeah, I saw that. I want to try those. Like, we're, fi- like, we like to have, like, cool bottles of alcohol. Because, like, we have a full bar in our basement. Yeah. But, like, we, it's more of, like, a, we, we don't use it very often. It's a social it's, thing. Yes. Like, yeah. when we have people over, we'll have, like, people try new things. Like, yeah, and that's it's fine. not, and I'm fine with that. Because, like, I know Mike is normal that yeah that's something that i definitely know that like because like justin you know like he he's a lightweight but we don't drink very much and (laughs) when we do it's rare he can drink so much and be fine and it's crazy that's how i am i have a very high tolerance i have a high high ish tolerance like i'm not like mike but because you know alcoholism like i don't need a chaser alcohol's fine yeah i'm not a i'm not a lightweight at all but like we, you know, but we don't drink a lot, you mm. know, because we know the other effects of it. And it's just, you know, I get headaches. I don't, you know, it's like or, I'm older. I'm yeah, too old for this. It's not fun anymore. I'm too old Well, it this. never was fun. I don't want to have a hangover. And when I have a hangover, it takes me days to get back to, you know, working order. I I can't do that all the time. I got shit to do. I'm a grown up. Like, so I don't drink very much now. And, but something about being with somebody like who's just not an addict, like, mm-hmm. And who doesn't have a big desire to drink all the time. Yeah. Like, there are times, like, we went to a wedding recently. He got a little sloshy. It was fun. Like, not, he wasn't falling down or doing anything stupid. But he was clearly drunk and having a good old time. Giggling it up. You know? Um, But that's fine. But he doesn't want to do that all the time. He rarely wants to do that. So when we do, it's just social. It's fine. It's fun. But I've been with people in the past that, um... It's not fun. No, and I've I I don't know at the time because I was young and because everybody's drinking all the time and you're partying and you're you know doing all that stuff. It doesn't seem like a big deal, but then when life starts to slow down a little bit and they don't, and you realize it could be a big deal, right? And I remember one of my last relationships. Uh, I noticed some things, and you don't want that. And I don't want that, and it was one. Of, it was honestly one of the reasons that I think subconsciously spurred me into I don't want to do this, right? Because. While being the child of an alcoholic and an addict didn't make me not want to have alcohol and didn't make me afraid of alcohol, it did make me very cautious of being with someone right. who I thought could be an addict mm-hmm. because I saw what my mom went through, you know, and I went and what I went through my whole life. I don't want to do that right. as an adult. I'm just not going to do it. 
I've been through enough. And that goes like, that's the reason why, I mean, I chose a, a university that was not a party school. Yeah. Purposefully. Well. Because I didn't want to be around that. Like I never went to a college party because I didn't want to be around people who were drunk. Yeah. I never went to a bar like in the college town that I went to, there was a specific, like there was a restaurant, but there was a bar underneath. I went to the restaurant. I never went to the bar. Cause that's like where everyone went. Oh, I hung out in bars 24 seven. Not, not me. Like, I mean, I've been to bars now yeah. as like an adult. But, but at like, that age, but I'm it was an adult. Different. It was different. So like when I was like in college and stuff, I never, I never went. Like I went down there once because I was picking up a friend who needed to go home. Yeah. Like I was like that person to like, and I just, I didn't want to be around drunk people. It gave me anxiety. I'm like, I don't want to have to deal with this. I don't want to. Yeah. It wasn't until I got with Mike that like I went to like his house, house parties of like, yeah. Eight people. Yeah. But no, it's interesting because I think it's, it speaks to kind of what we were saying at the top that like your views and your relationship with substances mm-hmm. and with just the concept of being intoxicated changes. Yeah. It didn't, it wasn't appealing. Yeah. But it was also like not even just not appealing, but it seems like it was something you were actively trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't want any part of it. Right. So it was kind of like a, a hot button issue for you, at least a little bit. Yeah. And then as you've gotten older, maybe not so much. There was, there was one time when I was in college and, um, Bob, Mm. it was in my Bob days. Um, one of my friends at the time, oh, um, she, they wanted to go to the party school. They wanted to drive up there. Where I was. They wanted to drive up to a party and I'm like, but I have like classes in the you're such a square. <laughs> okay, virgin. <laughs> I was like on a lawn and just, somewhere. <laughs> and I'm just, but I was like, why, why, why? I don't want to go. Are why, you why, kidding why? me? But like, and, and I mean, I'm not friends with this person anymore. I'm obviously not with Bob. Yeah, good call. But like, it, it was obvious of like. The disconnect. Yes. And like, they... My friend specifically knew what I dealt with. Yeah. Because she also saw, because like she would come over, she was also one that thought dad was funny. But like she knew stuff that I had to deal with. She knew about my mom. Like, so did Bob. Right. They they knew what was happening in my life and they were still like trying peer pressuring me into going to like this party that I wasn't comfortable going to. Right. And that's cool. You shouldn't go to stuff you're not comfortable with. But I can also see devil's advocate a little bit, you know. They don't get it. No. And because they didn't it's have hard to. for them to get it. It's hard for them to make that connection. And also, you know, the substances in the party, those don't have to be the bad guy. No. But our, I say our, but like our perspective of it is so vastly different. Like that, that's our responsibility. Right. They shouldn't peer pressure you. And I mean, something- I didn't go. They ended up going without me. I'm pretty sure they did it. I mean, not, why not? not in that time, but like, I'm pretty sure at some point, like she probably had. They went there. They, they did it. Let's be honest. I think they did it there. That's the Maybe. prime place for doing it. Trust and belief. <laughs> no, I think it's that kind of atmosphere too, is like when you're in, cause like I was in it, like I went to that party school, mm-hmm. I got, you know, I was partying, I was doing the whole thing. 
And when everybody's doing it and stuff, it just doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But then, like I said, when life starts to slow down a little bit and you see people who don't come out of it. Right. Like, that's when it starts to become... And that's why I don't quite get when people who are still, like, partying and doing stuff all the time at our age. Like, I'm not trying to hate. Do whatever you want. Yeah. But, like, for me, maybe as a kid as an alcoholic, it's a little concerning. Because then I'm like, wait a minute. How did we not get past here? You know? Because, um, first of all, physically, I don't know how y'all do it. Can't. Okay? I, I don't know how my dad held down a job. And all those years. My dad I, had multiple jobs. So did my, but like he, he worked two jobs at a time. Yeah. He worked really hard physical yeah. stuff. You, and there's a lot of things I can say about him, but he's a really hard worker and he, he did really well at those things. And I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he did it. You know? So. Like how do you get like so fucked up after work and then go to work in the morning? Yeah. Could not be me. No. Could not be me. <laughs> Could not <laughs> like, be me. Like when, when I was in Tennessee and like that, that one day that I just like. Like, we, we, I, I told you the story. Yeah. We went, uh, after we, like, did drinking and all that stuff, we went to dinner, and, like, I was sitting there, and I was like, can I have the keys to the car? I need to take a nap. Yeah. And I just fucking left. But I'm a sleepy drunk. I'm, I have to go to bed. I have to go to bed. So, like, but then after, like, I took the nap in the car, after they ate, they got back in, they're like, how are you feeling? I was like, I'm good. Yeah. I just need to sleep. Depends. I just need to sleep, but I still didn't feel great in the morning. Yeah, I don't know. How and like we it. did stuff during the day, and I'm just like, you know, I kind of wish I could just stay in bed all day. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. No, the hangover is real. I mean, I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever been hungover. <laughs> what are you? I've been hungover exclusively for many years. <laughs> um, but I just don't like the. I just don't like the way it feels. Yeah. No, me neither. That's the thing. I I liked being drunk and intoxicated when I was having a problem and I didn't want to be alive. Right. So I was in a way not in my real life for a while, but a lot of that was so I could just go to bed. I'm not going to lie to you. I knew after a few times I was like, Oh, when I drink this much, I pass out and I can't sleep when I'm sober. So I found me a solution. Uh, but then I realized that that was not good. Yeah. I mean, Mike, he, he never sleeps well, except for when he's like, like, whenever we, like, go out or whatever, and he was like, I'm going to sleep good tonight. <laughs> so I'm just Which, like, okay, again, well, In let's... some ways, it's fine. Yeah. But if it becomes... But it's... And it's not... I know it's not a problem with Yeah. Me. So, should we go through some of these effects mm-hmm. to, to round it out and see what one's hit for us? You're listening to 30, Dirty, and Dying. If you're in your late 20s and your early 30s and don't quite feel like an adult, but you certainly don't feel like a kid anymore, you may have found the right podcast. Every week we wade through our own existential crisis and figure out what life is supposed to look like on this side of 30 and relive some of our favorite memories from years gone by. We'd love to have you along for the ride, so make sure you follow and find us on social media at 30DirtyAndDying to keep up with what we're doing next. Medically reviewed article. Oh, okay. It's just on like a verywellmind.com, so, but it, apparently it's been reviewed. So okay. we'll go through a few of these, not all of them, and just see how, how they speak to us, if at all. Cool. All right. An unclear sense of normalcy. (laughs) Children whose parents use alcohol may not have had a good example to follow from their childhood. They may never have experienced traditional or harmonious family relationships. So adult children of alcoholic parents have to guess at what it means to be normal. Um, Because I had good family members, that isn't necessarily the case. Like I do kind of. Fair. But at the same time, like I saw Aunt Mary Joan, Uncle Doug. My, I saw grandma, some... grandma, like, I, I mean, at the time that I could remember grandpa, 
um, wasn't well. Like, he had Huntington's disease. Yeah. So, like, I didn't really get to see Grandma and Grandpa interact lovingly. Yeah. Um, but, like, I saw how she took care of him. Right. And, like, what that would, you know, yeah. like, that love. This one definitely hits for me. Because, yeah. like, just being in, a, in an adult relationship and... It, not necessarily because of alcohol, but because of the chaos that being in a household with an addict creates. Mm-hmm. Like, again, it wasn't just about him being drunk. It was everything that came with it. Right. Sometimes it's hard to know, like, what roles we are supposed to play for each other as partners. Mm-hmm. Because when you've got one parent who's... Normal. Or one side of the partnership that's trying to hold everything else up and the other one that's trying to tear it down... You know what I mean? It gets, so when you have people and I'm like, we don't have that issue between us. Is something wrong? Well, is something wrong, but also like just some scenarios that come up. I'm like, I really have never seen a model of how to do this. Right. As a true partnership. So yeah, I can say that that's pretty true. Trust issues. Fuck me up, bro. (laughs) Um, again, like I, I'm very lucky. Like, I feel like it could have turned out so much worse. Yeah. If I just had my parents. Yeah. But I had grandma. Yeah. And I told you what you're saying. Cause so I had like, my mom who was, you know, normal. a good parent. Yes. You know, she had her problems and we had issues between us because of the household. Like right. I said, but in general, she was really trying to do her best. Yeah. And like, and with dad, like he was functional. Like I knew he was there to take care of us and mom, like she let alcohol win, but like, I knew she loved me. Like yeah. I never doubted that for a second. So like, I, my trust issues come with relationships because I got cheated on. But also, I think that's interesting, but also this this line here, it says, so after growing up in an atmosphere where denial, lying, and keep, keeping secrets may have been the norm, adult children can develop serious trust problems. Broken trust promises, broken promises of the past tell them that trusting someone will backfire. And I feel like I can relate to that a little bit. Because I even the relationship thing, it's like, I know how much that my dad would lie to right. my mom about if he's using stuff, if he's drinking, if there's stuff in the house. And the, the amount of times that she got like gobsmacked over whatever he was doing. Right. And you, I just, it's like, uh, what, what does house say? Everybody lies from Dr. House. You know, it was like, that was ingrained in me a little bit. So I'm always kind of, and yeah, I've been cheated on. I've had shit ass partners. I'm sure it's a cumulative effect, but I also saw, my main, you know, role models growing up of like lying to someone and betraying someone happens a lot and can happen. And it makes me question things. Right. And, or always being kind of like prepared to be let down. Right. That I can maybe more so. Because I can more so relate to being prepared to be let down. Yeah. Which is, but like, I'm also extremely trusting, which is why I got myself into those situations. Right. But maybe you were just looking for someone or some situation to do you better. Maybe. Than that. Like you wanted something that you could Um, trust. I need a therapist to talk about that with me. Fair. (laughs) But no, like I. But perhaps. But I I definitely um, disappointed. Yeah. The disappointment. Yeah. Every time he said he was not gonna. And then he did. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Every time he. I'll never forget this one. He had this uh, bottle of like really. I don't know exactly what it was. But it was like a really. Uh, special kind of alcohol. Not champagne, but like think champagne for, okay. just for the purposes of the story. And he'd gotten it from a friend and it was really rare and he was telling me about it. And I didn't really know that mom didn't know about it, but I, I don't know what I assumed at that point in time, but whatever. He was telling me, my dad. And I was maybe, uh, I was in high school, so 17-ish. 
And he was like, I'm going to save this. And when you either, it was either for like my 18th birthday or when you graduate college or high school mm-hmm. or whatever, we'll, we'll open it and because, we'll have a drink. Cause it's a special that, occasion. That makes sense to give out to a child. Oh, I was going to be 18. I wasn't a child anymore. Yeah. But you have to be 21 to drink. So I understand, but let's just, for the purposes of the story, it was, you know, it was, it was like having a sip of champagne and a, at a special occasion. Okay. Let's just say what it was. He wasn't like, let's get sloshed together. I mean, he that may have been what he was hoping for, but he didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> he said, like, we'll open it. We'll, like, pop the cork kind of deal. You know, mark the special occasion that's about you and what you've achieved. Okay. And what you did. And I was like, okay. And then, I don't know why, but as a kid, I, I just thought that was cool. And I was like, he's I really proud. I get to do with my dad. Well, and I was like, he's proud of me. Mm-hmm. Like, he's proud of me for, for, it was either for the purposes of this, like, graduating high school, but, like, and I was going to be almost 19 when I graduated high school. So uh, he's proud of me and he wants to celebrate something that I did. He wants to celebrate me. That's cool. And then we came home one night and he was just Trashed. wasted. I mean, and mom didn't think he had anything in the house. I was like, I don't know what he did. And I was like, wait a second. And I looked in the trash and there it was the bottle of the special occasion stuff, empty, totally drank it. And was, and I don't know, there was, there was just a disappointment of like, man, he couldn't even wait for you. He couldn't even make, you know, make good on this promise that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but like this stuff matters more than I do. Right. Matters more than something that might be important to me. It was just like, it was, you know, it was other things happened. I've been disappointed a hundred times, but that's one that there's a lot of uh, tangible parts to it. Right. I feel like is reflective of that, like just gearing up to be disappointed. If somebody says they're going to come through for you, if somebody says they're going to do something for you, they're probably not. So. Yay. Yay. All right, what do you say? Like, maybe one or two more? Sure. All right. Now, these are inter... Oh, wait. No, yeah, we'll skip. These are interpersonal effects. So how do you deal with other people? Oof. Um... Risk of higher anxiety, depression, and unexplained physical symptoms, internalizing behaviors. <laughs> yup. Okay. Call me out. It's fine. <laughs> I've been attacked. <laughs> Maybe this is why I had arthritis at seven. Because <laughs> you've been so stressed. You've yeah. Just been like, eh. Honestly. And you could even experience post-traumatic stress disorder, which I have post-traumatic stress disorder. My therapist. The first one that diagnosed me with it actually said that it was probably a combination of something else that I experienced very young and growing up in a household of an addict and having a parent who was an addict and all of the chaos and, and instability that that creates. And that's traumatic. So the combination of that and what happened to me separately, I do have PTSD and that is why. So... Yep. I've never been to a therapist, so I can't be told. Right, but just by your own experience. But I'm saying, like, I can't say that I'm, like, I'm actually, like, I have PTSD. I'm not going to no, say that. No, but do you have But I am anxious. Anxiety, depression, physical symptoms. I mean, my body always hurts. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Thanks. Um, I, I mean, the thing with depression is I never, I never felt that way up until recently. Right. But again, things change. Your perspective and the effects change as you get older. Yeah. I feel like once you get to a place of like 
some level of homeostasis, sometimes things can come out Mm -hmm. because there's not a bunch of other stuff like squashing them down anymore. You know what I mean? Like I feel, I mean, the majority of my like sadness comes from the fact that I have this disease that I can't get rid of and I'm going to deal with it for the rest of my life. And it's just like, I mean, a lot of things can affect how, when you get older, like having these kinds of feelings, like we talk about it all the time, but I don't think it's the, I don't think the majority of that specific problem is because of my parents. I think it's because of, I mean, there's, it's probably, you know, involved. Might be cumulative. Yeah. But like, I don't think about them. Okay, here's another one. So we can judge ourselves too harshly, mm. and some adult children of people with alcoholism or whatever constantly seek approval from others. They can become people pleasers who are uh, crushed if someone is not happy with them and live in any fear of criticism. Yeah. That's fair for you. In the, in the I have some of it, but it's a little more complicated. Yeah. In the simplest in the simplest way to describe it, like that's that's the reason why I don't like to choose what to eat with Mike. Because <laughs> I don't, mad at you? what if he doesn't like it? Yeah. And like, he always gets so frustrated because he's like, why can't you just choose something that you like? I was like, because I don't want you to not like it. I do that all the time. So it comes out for me, but only with people that I like. And there are so few of you. <laughs> uh, most people I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> but no, like I'm a straight people. Pleaser, yeah. Straight up. No, I get that. I think, I think it comes from like, you know, again, not wanting to upset the any stability you can get, like not wanting to be the reason that things go south. Yeah. Cause everything is like on a tightrope. It mm. feels like all the time. So yeah, I've definitely had some of that. I asked Mike if he loves me every day. Like Dude. he's like, I love you. I was like, promise. I literally will ask Justin all the time and I know I shouldn't. And I'm going to talk to my therapist about it next week. <laughs> it's next on the list of things. I'm like, I need help, ma'am. But like, I'll be like, do you, do you still love me? Do you like me though? I know you love me, but do you like me? And are you mad at me? Do you hate me though? If anything goes wrong, because I think we get into this place of catastrophizing because yeah, we've seen so it many does. catastrophes. Right. Wow. I didn't even think about that until this very fucking moment. Thanks. Well, you're welcome. Huh. That trauma runs deep. Yeah. Deep into my loins. I'm sure that's See, part of it. But the sad thing is Mike's not going to listen to this and he's not going to know that's why I need help. I could just send him a clip. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, I can talk well, shit about him all day long. He'll never fucking know. Well, to wrap up, I think we've had a really good conversation. Yes. Uh, kind of dove into some of the, the things that happen, the the ways our views have kind of shifted and shaped. Because uh, it, it does. It changes as you get older. Getting to the stage, a lot of that happens. So what would be kind of your, like, final thoughts? I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking, like... Or whatever you want to say. I just... Just I, I just... I don't feel like I have... I, I had, like, the worst experience. Yeah. With two alcoholic parents, it could have been a lot worse if mm-hmm. I didn't have the family that I had. Right. So, like, if I didn't have Grandma to lean on or Aunt Mary Jo and Uncle Doug to help take care of us, like, I could have been an addict. I could have been in a really bad, like, I could not be here right now. Yeah. Because of the situation, the situation that they had created, but I was able to get out of. Right. So, I don't... I feel like I don't have it as bad necessarily. Yeah. And I know that that's, you know, trauma just, Olympics helps no one. It's, yeah. But like, I, I'm just lucky to have had people in my life that took care of me Yeah, and gave me stability. And I, I know how good relationships are because of them. And I know how, how to act because of them. Yeah. And, but I also know how to act how to not act. I, I'm not concerned with 
going forward worrying about that because I know that I don't want that. Yeah, and that's good. And I think I, I get what you're saying because, like, I, coming to this age for me, I've really come to terms with a lot of, like, the noise goes away, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like I've been able to be like, these are some things I still struggle with. These are some things I can point to that I struggle with because of things that happened in my upbringing. And again, not all my issues with my dad and and some of that stuff have to do with the alcoholism and the addiction, but it's there. So I've been able to parse through those a little bit more, but I've been able to pick out like, yo, this is what I don't want to do. This is not what I want my life to look like. And just actively trying to make sure that doesn't happen. And yeah, I don't struggle with addiction. Um, And that's great. Because honestly, on paper, I should be so fucked up. I mean, yeah. I am fucked up, but I should be so much worse. Right. And I'm not. Some, yet, somehow. Fingers Your crossed. Mom. Yeah, my mom. I've said it all the time to her. I'm like, if if you were not my mom, I it would have been so much worse. Like, yeah. I got to see someone who, if nothing else, this wasn't how it's supposed to be. You know, and who tried very hard to change my reality. And even though you made your own mistakes and whatever... I can see now that like you were doing them for different reasons, mm-hmm. for the right reasons. You really thought you were doing the right thing. And yeah, but it, it's, it's influenced, you know, how I've moved forward a lot. And I think the only thing I would say just as like a, an overarching thought is like chaos that it creates shows up in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And if you see that happening in your life at this stage or even younger or older, whatever, everybody's on a different timeline. It's, it might, some of that chaos and and the way that comes out can change. And just to be aware of it is probably the best thing you can, at least in my experience. You know, I'm no doctor, I'm no whatever, but that would be my advice, I guess, if I'm giving any. Just be aware of it. Yeah, just be aware of it. You know, don't try to shove it under the rug. I think so many of us lived in that in that place of trying not to talk about it and, and not to acknowledge that it was happening and shove things under the rug so people don't know, avoid the shame, whatever. Fuck that. You know, if something is happening, be aware of it. Don't be afraid to talk about it. Don't be afraid to examine that yeah. part of it. Because yeah, it mean, could have something to do with what you're dealing with. Whether yeah. it's you're, an, you're dealing with addiction issues yourself or just other ways that that chaos is coming out. Right. Addiction. Bottoms up! <laughs> No, we, you know, we hope this was a good uh, episode, a good talk. I enjoyed it. I yeah. think it was it was, uh, it was interesting. I really liked hearing from your perspective. And uh, if this is something you want us to explore in a different way, guys, let us know. I'm sure we can. Yeah. And maybe we'll do a drunk cast somewhere in this season just to, like, balance shit out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I probably won't get drunk, but... We'll have some drinkies. Yeah, we can have some drinkies. Just to prove that we're cool. <laughs> When I say cool, I mean like we're good, not like we're so cool. Whatever. We'll see you guys next <laughs> like week. Like we're not going to be alcoholics. Is what yeah, we yeah, can do like it. We can it's do fine. it without having to be concerned about it. Exactly. Right. But we hope this was good. Yeah. Did you have a good time? I had a good time talking about it. All right, sick. I'm always fine with talking about my traumas. Yep. Talk about, that's the takeaway. Be fine talking about your traumas. Yeah, I'm an open book. I talk too much about everything. Let's Hell yes. Well, it's a good thing we're on this podcast together. Am yep. I right? Yep. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. We'll see you next time, y'all. Bye.